Hello and welcome to the RBC Ross Trevor Campus Sermon Podcast. Our mission here is loving God, loving people and seeing lives change. At RBC, our heart is to build a Jesus-centered community, to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations. We hope you enjoyed this message from one of our weekend services. To find out more about us, please visit our website, rbc.org.au. Well, again, good uh, good morning to everyone. As I said, uh, today is uh, New Year's New Year's Eve, and uh, it's a time for us to many of us to take a moment to. And maybe you've already done this. Uh, maybe you've got it planned for today, and that is that you'll just take a moment or some time to reflect on 2023. Uh, some people might take an hour, have their journal out and write down everything. That might be you. You might have already done that. Others of you might have taken some time or you will take some time today and it might just be a five, ten minute uh, stop where you just process a little bit of the year and something and you reflect on it and God maybe drops something in your spirit and a word of encouragement or some way that you've reflected on this year that's helpful for you as you then enter into 2024. We all do it a little bit differently, but today in this kind of season leads us to begin to reflect on what has been and as we stand on the edge of a new year to see and to think forward about what would we love 2024 uh, to look like? What what do we want it to look like for our families, for ourselves, for our church? So it's a chance to reflect and to look forward. And for some people today actually holds a real sense of excitement. And that may be you today because 2023 hasn't been the best of year. And so you just want to see the door closed on 2023. Thank you. That year is done. New leaf, new page. I get an opportunity to start again. And for some people today, that's a very, very real feeling and sense that you have as you stand here on the 31st or sit here on the 31st of January. For others of you, uh, maybe today actually holds a little bit more apprehension, a bit of trepidation, a bit of fear actually entering into 2024 because 2023 has actually been an okay year or you know about some things that are going to be happening in your world or in your own life or in your family life in 2024 and you're not really sure that you want to engage with that or have to confront that it could be filled with a lot, of, a lot of fear and a lot of worry. And so when we stand in moments like this, which are very real moments for us, some of the other times that we have moments like this are when we have significant birthdays, you know, on the 39, about to turn 40, you know, you wonder what that's going to be like, or 59 and turning 60, what's that going to be like? When we have moments, not that I've been there yet, that'll come. When we have moments like this, reflection and looking forward actually is important and it's an important practice for us as, uh, as followers of Jesus. And so today, what I want us to do is I want us to spend a little bit of time, I'm going to preach just for a little bit as we go through this passage, but then towards the end I want to kind of leave us with a, a range of questions uh, that I think are helpful for us to consider at this time of uh, the year. Now, what I want to do, you might have thought Christmas is over, 
Uh, but it's not today, okay? We are still going to engage in the Christmas narrative, all right, from uh, Luke chapter uh, 2. We're kind of going to pick it up mostly from where uh, we finished it at Christmas, but I, uh, I do want to read through the whole, uh, the, whole, um, the, whole, the whole passage. So if you miss Christmas, then this is going to be great for you uh, today. If you love Christmas, then this is going to be great for you today. And if you feel you've heard this story hundreds of times, before, then guess what? You're going to have to hear it again. But can I encourage you something different today? And that is to enter into it like it's the first time that you've heard this story. How can you embrace and enter into this story, even engaging and thinking if you are one of the characters, place yourself in this story as we read it uh, together. So this is Luke chapter 2 verses uh, 1 and we'll go through to 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married uh, to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This is what we looked at at Christmas, that this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So one of our values here is Jesus-centred. At the start of this year, we, uh, we launched our, our values. Uh, but here in Luke, Luke begins the Christmas story actually not with Jesus, but actually with Caesar Augustus. I don't know if anybody has found that 
uh, a little weird that he begins focusing on Caesar Augustus. So Caesar was the ultimate power player. Uh, he was the head honcho uh, of the most powerful empire in the world at the time, the Roman Empire. And so here's a guy who had all the power, who had all the authority, who had all the say. He was uh, all of the privilege. He was actually called a son of God. People referred to him as a son of God and there was a hope that he would bring about a golden age of prosperity and peace for the Roman Empire. But Luke, of course, is dropping this on us not to glorify Caesar, but of course to set up a clash of kingdoms, a clash of, of power, a, a clash of kings. He wants us to see that despite appearances, Caesar is not actually in control. Caesar is not the one with the full power and all the authority. Rather, Jesus is. This baby that was actually born in a manger, he is the one that actually has all authority and all the power. Have a look how, uh, how Luke puts these opening verses and how he kind of speaks about this downward spiral of power and influence. He begins talking about Augustus, that embodiment of ruthless power. He then talks about Quirinius, who's that regional governor, and that gives us a time frame. Then Joseph, then he speaks about Mary, and this is all in the first five verses, then he gets to verse six, and he talks about the baby. This is very deliberate from Luke. He's wanting us to see that there is a clash of kingdoms that is happening with the birth of Jesus. It would be hard to imagine a less powerful, less privileged person on the planet at that moment than this infant sleeping in a feeding trough with livestock around in the back streets of Bethlehem. That's what Luke's wanting us to see. Yet... Here's the deal. Yet, this infant, seemingly powerless, is the true king and would begin a kingdom that would surpass all of the glories of Rome. And that's what Luke is wanting us to see. So what significance does this hold for us today? Well, just a few things quickly. The lowly circumstances of Jesus' birth show us that God's kingdom will come in ways that surprise and subvert our expectations. I wonder this year, has there been a moment or a time when God has surprised you? When God has maybe subverted your expectations in some Way, But they subvert our expectations and surprise us, particularly about what true greatness and power actually look like. You see, before his incarnation, the Son of God was rich beyond anything that Augustus could ever have imagined. But for our sake, he stooped to be born not merely as a human, but as a powerless infant. And as the Apostle Paul reminds the Corinthians, and he reminds us today too, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. So Jesus chooses humility and poverty so that we might inherit unparalleled spiritual treasure. That is good news that is cause of great joy. 
And this reminds us that the kingdom of God operates on a different plane. It operates on a plane where the lowly are exalted, where the humble are lifted, and where true, great, true greatness is actually found in servanthood. And that's important for us as we enter into a new year. Where is it that we can be those who live like and model the ways of Jesus, of humility, of humble life, of servanthood, and of living life to, to bless and to encourage others? Secondly, as this world's true king, this teaches us that Jesus claims priority of our lives. Jesus claims priority of our lives. What matters most is our allegiance to him. He is worthy of greater affection and attention than anyone else. Jesus' kingship and kingdom is better, more expansive and more beautiful than we could ever imagine. And when you find him, when you find life in his kingdom, you actually find your greatest treasure. That is where you find life. So as we reflect on 2023 and approach 24, one of our values is that of being Jesus-centred. Jesus is the one that we follow and the centre of who we are and all that we do. And so maybe a question for you to consider today is this, what might you need to change in your life to give your allegiance and your affections first and foremost to King Jesus? What do you think might need a change in your life, maybe even in your family, so that you can give your allegiance and your affections first and foremost to King Jesus? Because this is what Luke, in the rest of his book, he goes on and he just talks more and more about this. But this is what he is setting up here in the Christmas narrative. Let's move on. Look at uh, Luke continues, verses 8 and 9. And he goes on, he says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I mean, who wouldn't be scared if their routine night shift was interrupted by the glorious presence of God, right? Hey, how, about, how about that? But the angel reassures them, saying, Don't be afraid, because I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. The invitation here extends to everyone, to everyone. Everyone is welcome. Everyone is invited. This is the type of news that turns things around. The good news isn't just for big shots. It's for every soul for every corner, for every heart. That is the good news that is being shared this night. You see, God chose to reveal the news that matters most to people that mattered the least. God didn't choose the high-profile or influential people to share this news with first. No, he went to the underdogs. He went to the shepherds, the folks society tended to look down on. You see, the shepherds were among the least likely candidates to receive such an announcement. Shepherds in that society were despised, distrusted and deprived of their civil rights. But God wanted to make it clear that the good news of Jesus is for those who acknowledge their deep need for it. 
You know, and as a church, one of our other values that we looked at earlier this year and will continue to next year is that of authentic community. Authentic community. And this value says that we make room for anyone to find their home here. We make room for anyone to find their home here. And we say make room for anyone because it's important as a church that we are open, that we are not shut off. It's important that we create an environment and a culture here where anyone can come along just as they are and experience and encounter the love of Jesus through others and to find their home here. You see, Jesus is for everyone and we want everyone to experience and encounter him as their greatest joy. Never think that your life or somebody else's life is beyond the touch of Jesus. Never think that because it's not. Jesus can touch any heart and any life and we see that right here in the Christmas story where Jesus comes to a group of shepherds and announces the news that matters most to a group of people who mattered the least in that time. There is room for anyone here. There is room for anyone. There's a place for you here to feel part of what God is doing, no matter where you are in your faith journey. And so this is your first time here with us today. I really want you just to hear that, that we, want, we can find room for you here, wherever you are on your faith journey. And so a question for us to consider is this, how have you gone in 2023 in opening your life up to people? This is God's call for us as followers of Jesus to be those who open our lives to people who live in authentic community. How have you gone in 2023 in opening up your home, opening up your, your table for people to do life with people, to, to meet people where they're at? How well have you done with that? And maybe as you think forward into 2024, what's one thing that you could do to make room for people to find their home in your family or here at RBC? What's one thing that you could do to open up your family, your life, or make room here so that people can find their home here? So this next part of the story kind of gets into um, responses to the good news. So the good news has been shared, and now we kind of see three responses from different people in the narrative. And I want to look at these three responses and how they might be able to help us to enter into 2024 well. So let's take a look. The first response that we see as the good news of King Jesus is shared, the good news that is for all people, as that is shared, the first response is that of being amazed. Being amazed. We read this. When they had seen him, that this is the shepherds, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Other translations use words like astonished or marveled. Amazement is critical to our discipleship to Jesus. It can become easy to think that we know how God works and we box God up and we say, this is, this is what God does, this is how God operates. 
We need to allow ourselves in our faith to have room for amazement, to be amazed and astonished and to marvel at the work of God. We don't want to lose the fact that God wants to and can surprise us. See, sometimes we don't experience amazement in life and in our discipleship to Jesus because we don't actually stop long enough to actually reflect on it. We're too busy uh, doomsday scrolling to be surprised by the work of God in our lives or in others. Take a look at what Habakkuk writes. He says this, Look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if I told you. Wonder and be astounded. This year, when was the last time that you were gripped by wonder and awe? When was the last time you were gripped by wonder and awe as you opened up the scriptures, as you had a conversation with someone around a life group? When was the last time you found yourself astounded by God? You see, it's possible to lose the wonder. It's possible to lose the wonder. And one of the ways we can lose the wonder is because we rest on the work that God did in our lives a year ago or two years ago. Rather than expecting God every year that he has something new and something fresh to say to us. So this year, as we enter into 24, don't rest on what God has done in your life in 2023. God has something more something new into 2024. Live open, live with the opportunity to have your horizons changed, to allow God to speak into your family, into your life and to be amazed. You see, maybe all the bad news clouds our perspective of what is happening in the world. But how can we begin to just to see where God has been at work? Because we cannot produce amazement, but we can allow ourselves to be open to it and to make room for it so that we can be amazed again. So here's a question for you. Um, here it is. As you reflect on this story and the stories of, 2000, uh, the stories of God at work in your life here or at uh, in your life or here at RBC in the past 12 months, what has left you astonished or amazed? As you reflect on this story, the Christmas story, and the stories of God in your life or here at RBC, what has left you astonished or amazed? For me, there's a few things. One, I'm amazed at how God has worked here this year. 32 people have made first-time faith commitments. 28 people are baptised. Right now, our Korean community is actually uh, meeting down on the York Peninsula. People will be baptised there. I was amazed to hear Lily's story. Lily, where at youth camp this year, God set her free from sharing about her autism with others, which was a cause for her to not be baptised. So God meets her, takes away her fear, she takes a step of baptism and then is an example for somebody else. I'm amazed by that. God is at work doing things in people's lives. I was amazed by God's work within our various locations and language services this year. Seeing the African Fellowship grow and the Broadview Campus grow deeper and wider and especially amazed at celebrating 10 years of our Chinese 
community. Did you know that over the last 10 years, our Chinese community has seen more than 220 people make first-time faith commitments and 111 people take their next step to be baptised? That is worthy of praising God for and being amazed at again and astounded at. You see, sometimes here's the deal. When it comes to amazement and being astounded, we can sometimes think it has to be something huge. Like a life being transformed, don't get me wrong, that's huge. right? So hear me on that. But sometimes we always look for these big magical moments with God. And sometimes he actually works the magical in the mundane moments of life. Let us be amazed and astounded as well in those mundane, everyday moments of life because that's what God wants, where God is at work and wants to do greater things in our life. And if we can see it, if our eyes can be open to it, we can be, live more amazed and more open. So here's a challenge for you. Will you commit to 2024 being a year where you make space for more wonder and amazement in your walk with Jesus? Will you commit to 2024 being a year where you create some more margin in your life to allow space for more wonder and amazement? The second uh, response that we see is from Mary, and it's a response of called treasuring and pondering. Have a look at verse 9. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And another translation puts it this way, Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. She kept these things in her heart and she thought about them Often, Mary treasured God's words to her, actively remembering and reflecting on what he had spoken to her through Gabriel and through the Holy Scriptures. One of the definitions of the word treasured is to preserve a thing from perishing or being lost. You see, when we fail to treasure, when we fail to ponder, when we fail to keep things in our heart, when we fail to remember the promises of God or his stories in our lives, it's easy to drift. It's easy to get off track. It's easy to become distracted by other things, to become confused about our direction in life, unsure we are where we are on the map. And before long, it can be easy for our affections and our attention and our allegiance to be taken by something else and often by something... Well, quite lesser than the priorities of God. The very act of treasuring and pondering, turning our ears and God's words over and over in Mary's mind, kept Mary's heart steadfast and it kept her living out an adventurous faith. You know, again, that's another one of our values. If there's one person in Scripture who lived out an adventurous faith, it is Mary. She's a great example of somebody who said yes to God despite the impossibilities of her situation, despite the challenges that, would, uh, that were there with her marriage with Joseph and having a, a child. But she continued to be obedient to him, trusting him and believing that God had more for her. 
You see, for Mary, treasuring and pondering wasn't a one-off. This was a rhythm in her life. Only a few at the end of chapter 2. By this time, Jesus is 12 years old. You remember he went to Jerusalem. They went to Jerusalem for Passover. And um, then they kind of head back uh, to Nazareth. Jesus uh, stays back and his parents forget him. Uh, And after a day, they realise and uh, they go back and they try to find him and they find him. And this is what they uh, this is the this is what we hear. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. Now Jesus was, of course, um, in the temple. He was learning and sitting underneath the teachers of the law. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. See, pondering and treasuring was a a habit for Mary. And so as we close off 2023 and enter into 2024, what stories or words from God or around RBC are you treasuring and pondering in your heart that you want to take with you into 2024? What are some words or some things that you've seen happen this year in your life or here at RBC that you are treasuring and pondering, that you're wanting to keep in your heart so that you can take with you into 2024. Here's a couple for me. One was I loved hearing Nigel's testimony this year when he was baptised because it helped me in terms of knowing where people are and how I can continue to help preach into that space. But here's what Nigel said. He said this, I realised that for all my works, for all I do... For all my volunteering in various ways, that's not why I'm saved. God's not keeping score. I love that. I'm saved because of who he is and what he has done, not what I've done. I love that. I'm going to hold that into this year. I'm also going to take this word into me this year. I received this from somebody uh, just this week and they're in the room um, today. I won't name them, but they are in the room. And I found it really helpful. This is the person who I know um, reaches out and prays for me and prays for others and uh, has words and encouragements from God. And they said, they said this. They said, the Lord is saying, seek the unfamiliar in me. Ask me to show you, to open your eyes to the possibilities I am referring to God. It's time for the more. It's time to step into unfamiliar territory with me. But I am. So don't worry. It's not unfamiliar to me. I wonder what word you've had from somebody this year. What word of encouragement have you had? What word of prophecy have you had that you might be able to keep in your heart and ponder as you enter into 2024? These aren't small things. When, you, when something happens in your life or you, you hear something from God, hold them. They're important moments. They hold us when times are tough. What is it that you're going to treasure and ponder this year as you enter into 2024? Here's a challenge for us. Will you commit to 2024 being a year 
where you intentionally treasure and ponder more stories and words from God that will strengthen your faith. And finally, today, as we reflect on 2023 and enter into 2024, may we respond by glorifying and praising God. Have a look at verse uh, 20. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. There is so much unexpected and surprising news in this story. But I think perhaps the greatest is that God's favour was resting on people like shepherds, barren women and poor teenagers. Isn't that amazing? That's where God's favour was resting, on shepherds, barren women and poor teenagers. And this news was enough to cause rejoicing and praise in those who heard it. You see, at the core of the gospel lies this profound truth, that we are not a people deserving of God's love, yet in his immense love, God has graciously sent salvation to people just like us regardless. That's the good news. That's the good news that we see first of all announced at Christmas. It's no wonder that Christians have spent the past 2,000 odd years all over the world in different languages, in different locations, joining the shepherds in glorifying and praising God for all the things that they have seen and heard. Church, we are a, a people who can be full of gratefulness and gratitude for who God is, for what he's done, and for all that he's going to do. Because here's the thing, God's not finished yet. A new year might turn over. God's not finished yet. God has more for each one of us. God has more to show himself into each one of us. More of his love for us to experience. God has more for, more for each of us to grow in our faithfulness to him. To deepen our trust with him. But we're also just such a blessed people. We really are. And so glorifying and praising God because we are undeserving, undeserving of such goodness and such grace. Yet that has been what has been given to us. So here's our, here's our question for this year around glorifying and praising God. But what have you seen and heard in 2023 that you are glorifying and praising God for? What, are you, what have you seen and heard in 2023 that you are glorifying and praising God for? And will you commit to 2024 being a year where you will glorify and praise God for all the things that you see and you hear? So three responses. Amazed. Amazement. Treasuring and pondering, praising and glorifying. Would you stand with me today? And we're gonna, what we're going to do just to close, and if people want to 
if people want some of these questions, we might um, put them out onto socials or something for you today or this week as well, just so that you've got them and you can begin just to reflect on them because I know that this is a time of year for us to do this. But I want to leave us today just in that way of glorifying and praising uh, and praising God. And uh, so the band's going to come out and we're going to just continue to, to sing and to, um, and to worship. But why don't we just take a moment just where we are now just to, just to thank him in your heart of hearts. Just to say, Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for such great a salvation. I thank you for, for coming down from the riches of heaven so that we could experience you as our greatest treasure. Thank you for that you are a king who loves us. You are a king who we can trust. You're a king who is better and more beautiful than we could know or imagine. Lord, stir our hearts again. Fill us with, fill us with praise. Fill us with amazement again. Even as we sing this song, what are the help each person here, Lord, to know the thing that you're calling them to treasure and to ponder and to take into 2024, I pray. Let's come and let's worship him. But just before we just before we sing this and give him all praise and glory, I just want to pray a blessing over uh, over each of you and over us all today as we head into 2024. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and to be gracious to you and with you. May he lift up his countenance and his grace and his blessing and his favour and his goodness and his mercy upon each of you. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's come and let's sing together. Thanks for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If this message has impacted you in some way, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through The Hub online at thehub.rbc.org.au or through our social media links in the show notes. See you next time.